Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Dave Lee, so without further ado, here he is. ...and telling you a story. The title of the message is Preparing Up, and I'll explain that a little bit more in just a few moments. Making room for Jesus this Christmas. And uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, start by showing you a picture of somebody... You may not know who this is just by looking at him. Anybody know who this person is? Do you recognize him? Okay, a couple of you do. But I'll bet you anything that you've heard about him and even talked about him in the last couple of weeks. His name is Jimitai Jimmy Damore, and he is the Walmart employee who was trampled to his death on the morning of Black Friday near Long Island, New York. You know, this story has been um, burning a hole in my stomach ever since I first heard it. It is, I would argue, one of the most disturbing stories to come out this whole year. Not just because one man lost his life, though that's very disturbing in itself, but the circumstances in which he lost that life indict the whole nation. And it indicts you and me, and it points the finger at how far we have lost our way. You know, at that Walmart, a crowd of 2,000-plus people began lining up in the parking lot in this winter weather starting in the evening before on the Thursday. I mean, that's when people are supposed to be celebrating Thanksgiving, and they're outside in the parking lot of a shopping mall. At around 3.30 a.m., the crowd started to get unruly, and police had to be called in. And the store was supposed to open right at 5 a.m., and shoppers were going to be let in. At 4.55 a.m., the crowd of shoppers completely lost control, and they began pressing up against the doors of the store. Seeing that something bad was about to happen, about six to ten Walmart workers rushed to the door and began pushing back, saying five more minutes will open it. Crowds wouldn't listen. And you know how it goes. The people in the back were just pushing. The people in the front were sandwiched. And so eventually, all of a sudden, the glass on the door shattered like an explosion, and the crowd came stampeding in. They knocked Jimmy Damore over and trampled him, many of them not even noticing that they were stepping on a human being, rushing to get their deals on a flat-screen TV or a blender or whatever else was so important that they needed to be there. When police came and failed to revive him, and they pronounced him dead, they closed the store. And they announced over the PA that an employee had been trampled to death by those very shoppers and they needed to evacuate the store. And most of the shoppers protested in anger, shouting out that they had been waiting all night, and most of them attempted to keep on shopping until somebody forcibly ejected them. I don't Does that story bother you? Does it just make you say to yourself, that is so messed up at so many levels? You know, I, I think what this story is telling us is for a lot of people in this country, Christmas has all but completely lost its meaning. And, and, you know, before we're quick to point the finger at those barbarians in New York who don't know how to behave, 
I, I want us to spend some time thinking this morning about us. I mean, how real is the true significance of Christmas for you this year? What's been filling up your head and your heart as we prepare to mark the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ? You know, according to the folks at a, an outfit called the Advent Conspiracy, we Americans spend an estimated $450 billion on Christmas. $450 billion on Christmas. That is more than we spend through the whole year on world missions. And that is 45 times the amount of money that would be required to provide clean drinking water to every man, woman, and child on this planet. I want you to let that sink in for a moment because I don't know what your Christmas shopping habits are like, but I know that it is very easy if you live in the United States of America for Christmas to boil down to iPods and flat screens and all those material goodies we've been eyeing all year, which finally at Christmas somebody has the freedom to buy for us. Now, I'm not here to make you feel guilty if you just bought that flat screen. I mean, I have one. I like it. I'm not trying to condemn shopping as it is. But what alarms me so much is that we are losing hold of this beautiful sense of preparation for Christmas. By the way, this Advent conspiracy, they're doing something wonderful. They're not just indicting America for our shopping habits, but they're, they're trying to shine the light on what could be done if some of that money and some of that energy were diverted to things that would make Jesus so pleased with us if we would follow him. And I, I put the website up there because I, and I got this actually from Pastor Matt's blog. You should visit his blog if you don't read it very often. It's a very good blog. I want to try to divert at least 200 visits to your blog this month. And uh, that Advent Conspiracy Daughter, you can find out more about how you can get involved in redefining what Christmas means for you and your family. We have this uh, ancient Christian um, tradition. It's called Advent. And it's a practice of starting from the fourth Sunday before Christmas. Uh, the Christians all over the world, it's their practice to begin preparing their hearts because Christmas is one of those things that could so easily be filled with activity that has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Probably for many of us, that's exactly what Christmas has already been about. And so it's this beautiful practice of saying, if one of the holiest days of our Christian calendar is to be met with the proper response from our hearts, somehow that will require real preparation. You're going to have to think about that. Get yourself ready. I mean, think about how you know, I, I do so much premarital counseling. It astounds me how much energy people put into that one wedding day. Because why? It's supposed to be a special day. And I'm, what I'm saying is we already know that when a day is special, there must be some sense of ramping up, of, of getting ready because it is meant to be so special to us. We're really losing this idea of Advent. And so for the three weeks remaining until Christmas, what we've decided to do as pastors is we're going to preach a series about Advent, about preparing our hearts. It's simply called Prepare. And we're going to be guided by our, which is now hidden by the Christmas tree, but by our three reaches that we've been so familiar with over the year. And that is that we are going to be looking at how we can prepare up in our vertical relationship with God as Christmas rolls around. That's what I'm going to talk about this morning. 
And, uh, well, and then next week, Pastor Frank is going to talk about preparing a cross. Do you know that one of the, the mantras of Christmas is peace on earth, goodwill towards men? And, and it's this idea that Jesus came not to just reconcile ourselves to him, but us to one another. And so it's about making room for one another. And then on Christmas, uh, on the Christmas Sunday, the 21st, Pastor Matt's going to talk about preparing out and making room for the world this Christmas. We're going to be joined that Sunday by the children of Seeds. We're going to worship together, sing together. It's going to be a wonderful service, and I hope you'll join us for all three of those services. I want to pause here, and I'm going to have you do a little bit of reflecting. And uh, we're going to listen to a song uh, by Josh Groban. Uh, he's not, uh, please don't be stumbled, he doesn't get played on, uh, on WMBI 90.1. He's not a Christian singer per se, but his voice is a gift from God. I'm telling you, the man has a beautiful voice. And as he sings a song that I think will be familiar to many of you, I'm going to invite you not just to listen and enjoy Josh. I mean, it's easy to just chill and enjoy it, but I'm asking you to spend that time really reflecting on what Christmas has been about for you. What's been filling your mind? What's been uh, occupying your space this Christmas? And so I'm going to just sit down and invite you to listen, let the song wash over you, and reflect on where you've been. And in his name, 
first time this season you've had a moment to just sit. Some of you I know are practicing the observance of Advent and you have some family traditions that, uh, that prompt you to think about the Lord, but I, I want to say this not to make you feel guilty, but to salvage what's remaining of the time before Christmas for you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you love him. He came to your life when you didn't deserve it and he showed mercy to you. He loved you. I can't imagine that it would honor him at all if we just rushed our way through this and didn't acknowledge him. I had a birthday party when I was at University of Illinois, and maybe it was my fault because I was always having parties of one kind or another, just trying to have fun. But I remember this birthday party, it was like I had this real sense that I was invisible, that it was just another party, that everyone who was there had forgotten that we were there for my birthday. And I remember thinking, like, all right, it's fun and everything, but, geez, couldn't one person, like, just come and talk to me and, you know, something, uh, as though to acknowledge. And my one friend, I won't mention his name, um, but uh, my one friend, he's still a good friend, came up to me. And he, just, he just put his arms around me. He's the moment, he goes, Dave, happy birthday, man. And he has this way of talking and saying things that it just makes you feel, like, seen and I still remember what that felt like. It was such a, a blessing for somebody to acknowledge that he knew why we were all gathered that day. And he, just, it, he didn't bring a present or anything. He just gave me that gift of just saying, hey, happy birthday, man. I want to encourage you, if you are a lover of Jesus Christ, to find some time for you and your family to just get quiet and uh, boycott some of the craziness of Christmas. That's not a novel message. You hear lots of people saying that, and so few people actually doing it. So I want to encourage you to do that. There's this passage, um, and I'm not going to do expository stuff on all these passages, but I want to expose you to a few things that I think the Lord wants us to think about this Christmas. 
This is a familiar passage. Just read it together. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. That's a bit of a leading slide. I've underlined something for emphasis there. But I, I, that's one of the most familiar details of the Christmas story, isn't it? I mean, everybody knows it's even become part of our common vernacular in English. Is oh, there's no room for the inn. means there's no room for you, buddy. Stay out. And I thought, why is that little detail included in this most important of stories? And I think it tells us something, that on the day that God invaded the world and came to us in the form of a human being, it was a very underwhelming, ordinary day for the vast majority of the world's citizens. There were a few shepherds, a few people, some wise men from another country, a very agitated king for whom that day was a bit of a different kind of day. But for all the rest of humanity, it was just another day. People were more caught up with the government census, mumbling under their breath, my business is failing back home, and this stupid Roman emperor wants me to trudge all the way over to my hometown to fill out some paperwork. What is wrong with this system? And, and so maybe some people had, had finished a wearying journey just like Joseph and Mary and were finally laying their heads down in a hotel room, in the room of an inn, just glad to be off their feet. Thoughts about crops and businesses and stores and relationships filled the world and, 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 and was so much so that from the time of his birth, Jesus could not seem to squeeze his way in and find room in our world. I think that's not just about, uh, about a, a shortage in the hotel industry in the city of Bethlehem. It's recorded for us because that's actually a running theme throughout Jesus' life. It, if you read the Gospels, you find that wherever he went, he had a really difficult time getting his way into the hearts and lives of people in the way and to the depth that he had always intended. People always kept missing him. They latched onto something they wanted from him, but they didn't really make room in their lives. And I think that story has continued for 2,000 years so that some of us sitting here in this room in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, are doing that very same thing. There isn't very much room in here for him. I know you like this religion maybe better than Islam or Buddhism or Judaism or Kabbalah because you're here. And I know you find something in Jesus appealing and you've latched on. But I want to ask you, have you made room in your real heart, your life, where you live for Jesus Christ? Is there room in the inn for him? John continues to develop This in another way. Listen to what he says. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. The world was there through him. And yet, the world didn't even notice. Didn't even notice. I wonder if uh, that's something that the Lord wants us to hear and think about. Is that often Jesus is trying to come in to our lives 
And it's like we didn't even notice. I want to invite you to prepare for Christmas in a couple ways very practically this year. Ways that will make room for Jesus in your life. Okay, are you ready? Walk with me through a few things and uh, don't be conscious of the time. It'll be over soon. I'm going to give you some time to respond to God in all of this. But I want to give you a few ways that you can really prepare and make room for Jesus. First, I want to encourage you to make room for his perspective. Make room for his perspective. That's a, that's a strange picture, isn't it? What would Jesus do? But I think the whole WWJD movement at least gave us one really good thing. It's about pausing each moment in each situation to really acknowledge Jesus. To say, all right, I know what I would do. I know what my friends told me at Starbucks to do. I know what my mother would probably tell me to do. Oh, Lord, do I know what my mother would tell me to do. But it taught us to say at that moment, well, what about Jesus? What about the one who saved my soul and now says, I am king over your life? What about him? Has he been consulted? Has he had his say? And not not only has he had his say, but have I opened myself to what he had to say to me? There is this phrase I've used over the years with you guys that, that maybe you remember. It's this, it's this concept of godless or of mathematical godlessness. When we say, oh, what a godless person, we usually think about some depraved, immoral person who's kicking babies and taking drugs and robbing banks. That's the way we usually think of the word godless. But there's another way to think about godlessness, and that is the mathematical absence of God in our lives. And I want to tell you this because I'm convinced this is true. The vast majority of Christians and perhaps the vast majority of us for the vast majority of each day are mathematically godless. I know this because I talk to so many people and as I listen and I listen and I listen, I'm waiting to hear when is Jesus going to show up in the conversation? When is he going to show up? And it's as if we're... Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.